slash and cast. Welcome back, fiends, to Handle with Scare, presented by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Throughout the month, we've been spreading some Yuletide fear and highlighting some different holiday offerings for you guys. So before I introduce tonight's film and my co-host, just a few general reminders. You can stay connected with us on X at Handle with Scare and be sure to join us for our Twisted Tuesday watch parties every Tuesday night, uh, which is at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time over at kick.com forward slash drunk. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Grindhouse Zombie. And, uh, you know, Zombie, tonight uh, we are... Basically, going to the well, maybe one too many times, uh, to enact a little bit of vigilante justice, uh, to what are, I mean, they, they come across as zombie-esque, but definitely are not such, but, uh, a little confusing in spots. Uh, we got The Retaliators, uh, which is by far the loosest Christmas movie that we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, throughout the month. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we we had some moments in this movie, uh, some we would like to forget, but, you know, you kind of like forewarned me going in uh, a, a, a little bit. But, yeah, it was a, it was a rough one. So this is the problem with suggesting a movie mm-hmm. to talk about because you feel like fucking with somebody is that you have to end up talking about it. <laughs> um, now, the first time I watched this, I will admit, the first time I watched this, I did enjoy it a little bit because of sort of the hard rock heavy metal connection that it has. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just all over the place. You can't fucking miss it. Um, so the first time I watched it, I kind of did enjoy it. And then we watched it again last night and I was like, ah, this is fucking terrible. Um, and at the end, it just kind of is what it is now. Like the rock connections are fun because you see like everybody, I mean, and maybe not everybody, but I mean, you see Tommy Lee in there, you see just about everybody from five figure death punch. You see Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach. You see Spencer Charnas from ice nine kills. So, I mean, there's a huge, I mean, it's maybe good every 10 years or so to have one of these movies where we just throw a whole bunch of hard rock heavy metal guys together and they quote unquote make a movie. Um, now the zombie part of it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take it away as zombies so much as more the people under the stairs, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Right. Um, but um, yeah, overall, I mean, let's be honest here. The movie doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, this story is utterly forgettable. <laughs> um, it, it, it's basically a pastor goes on a rampage. Um, and while that can be fun, um, this one somehow kind of just dropped a wee bit short of that. It did. So the synopsis for The Retaliators is a pastor uncovers a dark and twisted underworld as he searches for answers surrounding his daughter's brutal murder. All right. So, uh, Right off the bat, I, th- I think it's important to note that this movie is really bookended with two scenes that both revolve around our lead, uh, which is, you know, Pastor Bishop, uh, who is being engaged in a confrontation of sorts. So in the opening, uh, we have basically a guy uh, stealing a Christmas tree, you know, in the Christmas tree lot, and... Uh, Pastor Bishop does not, uh, you know, stand up for himself and allows this person to basically steal the Christmas tree that his family picked out in his parking lot. Uh, And by the end of the movie, there's a confrontation at, uh, you know, at a batting cage because his daughter is, uh, you know, basically, you know, trying out for softball or whatever. And, uh, you know, basically apologizes to his daughter before just decking this asshole in the face. 
you know, with the right hand. Uh, so, you know, he we, we see the full turnaround. But my God. Okay, so I think for me, the, the, the biggest problem I had with this movie is how fucking sluggish, like, the first hour is. Because it takes so long to actually get to the point with Pastor Bishop to get over the hump and really, like, find his skin to, like, enact, you know, the retaliation aspect of this vengeance story. And then, you know, there's, like, these subplots that are kind of thrown in, and then we're, like, introduced to, like, so many characters that only get, like, one minute of screen time. So it's just, like, I feel like we're just constantly, like, flipping a page, like, every couple of minutes, and it's just, like, we don't really have a whole lot of time to let things breathe. So it just, it gets so convoluted at times that it's just, it's really hard to, like, follow where exactly we're headed uh, with a lot of the story. But at the end of the day, like, let's say you just go into this just looking for, you know, the cameos from, you know, the rock stars, or if you're just going into this knowing that, you know, a lot of those artists are involved in the soundtrack, so you know you're going to get, you know, a lot of, like, metal and, uh, you know, a little bit of screamo, too, in this. I think if you go in just thinking, like, okay, we're going to get a little bit of a, not really a rock opera, but, you know, you're going to have violence mixed with the rock and roll, but not expecting any sort of story really you know you'll probably enjoy it more but by far the best part of this movie is the music involved because everything else is just kind of like you know you can't take it or leave it so this is kind of like one of those weird movies where it's like there's there's very few redeeming qualities and like there's other things and like what the hell are we doing here but it's it's an interesting thing because I, I feel like this is one of those movies that there's no middle ground with this. You're either going to love this movie or you're going to fucking hate it. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. This is a uh, a viewing experience uh, at, at your own discretion. Well, OK, my two main points here. First of all, if you like Five Finger Death Punch, you're going to enjoy this movie because most of the band is in it. Second of all, to your point, the movie starts in a Christmas tree lot. So Wood and Bob, you can both go eat it. <laughs> okay, and you can eat it hard. It's a fucking Christmas movie. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. There's so many subplots, and there's so many other things going on. There's, like, one guy who's buying drugs, but then he's going to kill the guy. And, and it's like, and especially, like, a guy in a wheelchair with a, he's already got a, you know, he's already got a bad stem, and he's like, you're going to help a guy out here. I mean, and but so much of it makes no fucking sense at all. Um and every once in a while, a movie like that that doesn't make any sense is okay if they offer you great characters and and um, a, a little bit of background, a little bit of the who's who. But the whole thing in there is this pastor trying to find his balls. That's I mean, that's this whole movie. Um, and to your point, it takes him fucking forever to do it. Um, now, there's some... There's some cool actors in this. Um, there's there's people that you'll know a little bit. Um, but the overarching story is... I still don't know. That's the <laughs> overarching story. Now, the funny part of this movie... Um, uh, and this is not the most current information, but like if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, this, this movie's sitting at 88%. That's what the last thing I saw was. It's, it's probably changed since I last looked um but it's like how would what i mean it just doesn't just doesn't make any sense but to your point about like the rock operas and things maybe it's one of those movies where you just go into it and you just turn off your brain and enjoy it mm -hmm. because as far as some of the kills some of them were pretty damn good um the pastor finding his balls was kind of an enjoyable movie or an enjoyable moment in the last few minutes of the movie where he just hauls off and just jaw jacks that guy. Mm -hmm. It's like that. I mean, and he sort of found that earlier when he's just going through and he's just shooting the shit out of all these guys. But that little moment is one of the few in this movie that you can actually savor and just be like, yes, thank you. Because the rest of it is 
really kind of a porridge of stories that somebody just mixed together and just went movie okay um yeah so not terribly good like i said first time i watched it fun but it has literally zero rewatch value um even if you do like all the rock stars in it and all the cameos are fun and i can imagine being a rock star and being like i want to be in a movie this will be awesome and it's like well yeah that was the thought but even if you go so far as to drag tommy lee into your movie it's like oh boy you know from there it's like you just know it's not going to get any better well yeah you just look at cinema as a whole there's been so many times when you know you create like such an a who's who or ensemble and it just never really clicks mm-hmm. um but it, it is what it is um the i will say though like the final act of this movie did redeem it a little bit like i feel like the third act is really is what's gonna bring people to maybe bump it up a little bit like i know my score changed after the third act a little bit higher. If the if the third act absolutely sucked, I would be shitting all over this movie. Uh, but the the third act legitimately made me smile, just knowing like it's like okay, we finally got this moment. There's more bloodshed. We got the wood chipper. We have all these things working for us, and you know we finally have a confrontation moment. The pastor finally grew a pair uh, instead of just acting like a fucking pussy. Uh, so there is that. Uh, but. Man, like, there, there are so many things about this, though, that are just like, ugh, don't, aren't going to age well. Uh, one of them, for instance, a lot of the female characters in this movie, purely props, you know? Because <laughs> oh, a, lo- yeah. a lot of them are strippers or drug addicts, you know? Outside yeah, of, this... like, the chick who gets murdered at the start and, uh, you know, the the wife of uh, the detective. Yes, this movie is oozing in testosterone in, and in all the worst ways. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, you've got a bunch of rock star-esque guys. Having a stripper in there is not yeah. necessarily the worst thing, okay? But this movie, and this is going to sound so stupid to say this, but it did so little to advance the female form in cinema that it was ridiculous. And that's saying something. I mean, that's really saying something, you know. And uh, again, uh, there's movies like I still on occasion enjoy zombie strippers, okay? Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what that movie is and exactly what it's trying to tell me. That movie did women more credit than this movie did. (laughs) And it's like, how is that even possible? And to your point about never getting to know a character i mean and even our pastor even though we see him go through this this sort of character arc where he sort of finds himself we still know next to nothing about him mm-hmm. and you know why is he such a giant fucking pussy to start with why you know the the why he becomes less of a pussy is pretty obvious when somebody kills your daughter i think i would hope that that would make you less of a pussy um but it's like there's not a single character in this movie that you got to know, you know, and you got to understand their motivations. Why are they here? What are they thinking and feeling? You know, what what angle are they going to go at next? There's not a single one. None. I mean, and that's impressive. I mean, if you think about a movie, that's impressive to not give you a single character that's going to be fully explained or fully explored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, really the only time we have any semblance of that is with, like, the flashback with Detective Jed and, like, what happened with his wife. And, you know, that's kind of like the like the, the the crossing path in regards to, like, the, the overarching stories uh, in this. Uh, but, yeah, like, you know, you, you, you look at some of the some of the characters in this, it's just like... Man, I, I don't know what to think of it, any of this because it's it's just all over the fucking place. And, you know, obviously, like a, a lot of the a lot of characters in this be because of how they're portrayed, you know, they're they're kept as as prisoners for 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 reasons because of, you know, the detective. Um, 
But the the pastor and the, the church in particular were very conflicting to me because it's like the first time we go to the church and he's like doing his whole sermon thing, like they have a rock band like playing. So it's just like, is he just trying to like appease like the younger audience in the crowd? Because like it's a pretty it's a pretty mixed crowd over overall in this uh, particular church. But it was just a weird presentation uh, that was just really well, awesome another- to me from the start. There's another big cameo, though, because that was the band from Ashes to New mm-hmm. playing as the church band. And it's like, OK, so, I mean, honestly, this is what I think this movie is. I think so. It was released in 2021, so probably made really early 21 or late 20. So I honestly think this was a COVID movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody could tour. Nobody could do anything. So they got these people all together and said, as long as we like face and follow the protocols, we can make a fucking movie, you know, and all these people, you know, there weren't concerts going on, small shows, big shows. There was nothing, you know, so it was like, let's make a fucking movie. And anyone who said yes, got to be in the movie. Um, um, Anyone who said no, probably still got to be in the movie just as with a lesser role. Um, And they just kind of went from there um like we said this story i mean so the daughter dying explains the priest or the pastor or whatever the fuck it is it explains his motivation but it's like there's so many other characters in here that i don't even understand why they're there (laughs) it's like um it's the oh, what the hell was the one guy's name? I gotta find him here in my fucking stupid notes. Where is he? I know his name. Um, so Joseph Gat, his character's name was Ram Caddy. Okay, which sounds like a porn star name, but whatever, that's fine. Um, like everything that he's doing and all the phone calls that he's making, and this is how things went and whatever else. It's like. I don't exactly get what he's doing. And then with Ivan Moody as Vic and then the rest of the guys in that gang, it's like somebody killed somebody's brother or some fucking thing. And it's like, I, it's one of those movies that it's, it, it stretches the web so tight and so thin that you just don't even know what to care about. And then when that happens, you just don't care about anything. Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously a, a big part of the story just revolves around the pastor dealing with his grief after the loss of his daughter. And the way that they set it up is essentially, uh, and this is where, for for me, like, if, if we're talking about uh, continuity in movies, if you're setting this movie in New Jersey and you're having someone pump gas, you've already lost me. Because there's only two states in the U.S. where you can't actually pump your own gas. Fucking Oregon and New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And I'm just like thinking like, oh my fucking God. This is going to be the one piece of information that I'm just going to constantly be thinking about the entire time I'm watching this. Because she gets out of her car to pump the gas and then like she can hear uh, the one guy who's in a truck baning on it to, you know, try to get out. And then, of course, you know, the our big bad, you know, ends up uh, following her. And, you know, he knows she's going to follow. She tries to call her dad, which isn't really much help uh, in this case. And, uh, you know, she ends up getting zip tied to her steering wheel and then uh, driven into a lake. Yeah, just I mean. I mean, to be honest, for me. Now that I know about the whole gas thing, like, yeah, that would have pissed me off, too, I guess. See, I thought like and this might this might be years ago, but there was a time where I was out in Vegas where you couldn't pump your own gas. And it was the stupidest fucking thing, because mm-hmm. you would have to if you had a rental car, you had to bring it back full. Right. And the closest gas station to the airport charged like twice as much a gallon as everyone else. It was just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, anyway, so the, the movie started this. It started out kind of OK, like, all right, I can see what's happening. I mean, yeah. We've all been at a gas station. We've all seen somebody sketchy, whatever else. And But then just the, I don't know, just the car bobbing in the water and everybody kind of shows up and the pastor comes around. That's my daughter's car. And I just, I don't know, something about that whole thing and especially his entrance into the whole 
into the whole shenanigans or the shenanery, as you say, just was like, it was flat as fuck. Right. Like, just like, I just, yeah, I'm sorry your daughter's dead, but God, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, I just, I mean, but, but that goes back to the, like, not giving any of the characters life. They just didn't give any of the characters. I mean, you know, she could have had, she could have had a 30 second phone call with a friend or done some texting on her phone or done something that would have given her some life. And they just didn't give her anything. Nope. Except a death. <laughs> basically. Well, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if I've, if I have looked up that actress correctly, and I'm not saying that I have, but if I have, um, in keeping with the rock band theme, I think she does some, uh, adult oriented acting as well. Um, so makes sense. It just, it, it fits <laughs> if it's with the whole thing. I mean, if you're going to have a bunch of rock guys, why not have a porn star as the pastor's daughter? Um, uh, makes sense to me. Uh, so of course here we have, you know, the, uh, the police detective, uh, Jed, who, uh, basically is the guy who's like, don't worry. I, I like, he, he's the problem solver. He's the guy who's got all the solutions, uh, but, you know, it might slightly go against everything that, uh, you know, our pastor, you know, stands for. Uh, so basically, <laughs> you know, we we have these different views, uh, which which, pit, you know, we got like our, our lawfully good character, uh, you know, ventured into like this chaotic neutral territory. And then, of course, we have chaotic evil entering his life with, you know, the, the big bad in this. And, you know. It's so weird because we have this message of like nonviolence being preached, but it gets to like the cringeworthy uh, area of like do unto others uh, to the point where it's like we're basically suggesting people to people that, you know, like a punch in the face might be the necessity in this case, regardless of, you know, whatever, you know, moral compass you might actually have uh, at the end oh. of the day. <laughs> Brother, I'll tell you what, if if the Bible somewhere said and he bestowed a punch in the face, I think the world would be a much different, and honestly, a much nicer and safer place. Mm -hmm. Because every once in a while, you could punch somebody in the fucking yap that had it coming, and they'd just go, yep, I had that coming, and that would just be the end of it. We're not quite there. Um, yeah, the the character of Jed, I mean, he's probably, if, you, if you're honest with me, he's probably the biggest actor in this movie, yep. and he's done all kinds of things. I mean, he was... Um, he was Russ Langmore in Ozark, and his character was fantastic in that. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, he really and he, I, he, as an actor, just as an actor, he does a really good job of this. He's he's not, you know, he's not too over the top. He's he's right there when he needs to be. He kind of uh, kind of oozes back when he doesn't need to. Um, but yeah, there's some conflicts just in everybody and what everyone's trying to say and. But again, talking about a movie that I don't fully understand the story and I'm honestly not sure what's happening a lot of the time. <laughs> that uh it it you know, he, he he probably worked with what he had and did the best job of all the actors in this. Yeah. I mean it's kinda like the podcast. Like we don't know what we're doing half the time and you know, we're slow <laughs> or just trying to figure shit out as we go. Uh oh, but, but fucking amen to that. <laughs> but one thing is for certain, like this movie one hundred percent has a very soft spot for eighties action films. Uh specifically mm. the heroes. You know, we do get references to like Die Hard, the Terminator, uh Rambo in particular, uh, you know, throughout this. Uh but yeah, it's like the soundtrack was really what was pulling me in. Uh, you know, you got, you know, Motley Crue, Ice Nine Kills, uh, Five Finger Death Punch, obviously, Papa Roach, uh, with, you know, a lot of the members or at least, you know, lead seniors, you know, making appearances throughout this. Uh, but with with the pastor in particular, you know, he does get offered to, uh, you know, dole out a little bit of justice on his daughter's murderer. Uh, and this is like when we have, you know, the... Uh, the torture tool uh, bag coming into play. So we got an, an array of toys uh, at the disposal. Uh, and, of course, when he is faced with, you know, justification for for revenge, it's kind of like a way to heal, uh, which is how, like, the movie really portrays it uh, in this case. Uh, you know, it makes this question, like, you know, just how far is too far? And... Because of that, like, 
we go completely off the rails to the point where it's just like, do we even have a straight answer to that? Because uh, I don't think we do. <laughs> well, no, but at the same time, though. I mean, it's really the the theme of the movie, I think, at least to me. Um, when you have the murder of your daughter, I don't think that anything is out of bounds when it comes to seeking justice. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I know if somebody murdered my daughter and I was able to obtain that person and exercise my will, it would be slow and it would be painful as hell. It would be inch by inch. And I would revel in every fucking second of it. So I, it, all things being equal, I think as he's fighting again his name is ram caddy which i just okay that's great so as as he's fighting the ram we'll call him i mean and he does there's this guy the ram okay i mean that's that's uh, that's joseph got he's a giant shaved head just muscle bound just he's a creature basically mm -hmm. of his own i mean i'm not even sure he's human you know but you know, the the pastor, he he does a reasonably good job of holding his own through most of the movie, you know, for for every battle that he has to fight. Um, and, and it's it's honestly kind of fun to watch him, because I think as he goes, um, he starts to slowly sort of shed this cloth, maybe the cloth that keeps him sort of bound by a certain morality and a certain set of rules and as he sheds that he gets a little more and more brutal and that's maybe for me one of the funner parts of the movie to watch is to watch his transformation from this really soft-spoken oh you know may the lord be with you and all that into this i've got a shotgun motherfucker what are you gonna do um and and, and i've also got a fucking wood chipper so let's rock you know um i i it's fun. It, that part of it is fun for me to watch. Now, a lot of the rest of the movie where we don't know what's exactly happening or why it's happening or who it's happening to. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a little sketchy. I'll give you that. Yeah, but there's there's enough like visceral scenery in this to at least keep your attention long enough to like get to the third act when things do really start to like go over the edge uh, in this case. Um but yeah, like the the story of this in regards to like the rival games and the drug deals and the drug ring that's going on and, you know, searching for Ram is really the thing that brings everything together. So like I'm going to I'm going to try to explain as best as I can what I thought, you know, was, you know, happening in this. Uh, so basically uh, we have the uh cannibalizing of this underground drug ring. Uh, we have uh, this one gang who are in search for their brother, that of course being Ram, who is our, you know, big bad, you know, the bald guy. Uh, and, you know, they believe that he has been taken uh, by uh, you know, their rival, basically, who are off with uh, their operations, you know, drugs, or in this case, you know, cocaine. It's gonna be a white Christmas, as we said. Uh, they also have the money, uh, that was involved in that in that uh, deal, but it's it's just so overdone considering that you know the rest of the film's plot really doesn't uh, add a whole lot to it. You know we do have like that extra mayhem you know at the end of the film, which is yeah probably the most redeeming part of like the movie in its entirety outside of the soundtrack. Um, but Jed's backstory. Uh, is probably the thing that adds, like, a little bit more of the, like, horror elements, because we do kind of have, like, that home invasion type vibe with what happens with his wife, uh, who who does get murdered in cold blood. I mean, how else are you going to murder someone? That's the only way you can uh, in this case. Um, but the problem is, even in, like, a flashback, it is just so drawn out, you know? It's like there there are times when it's like we 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 want enough time to breathe and it's more so with our main characters in this movie and it's like there's other times where it's just like all right like can can we get things moving so like 
there's a lot more stop than there is go in this, and that's that's probably going to be the primary thing that is going to lose a lot of people whenever they are watching this. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like it's like we're all just waiting for Bishop to just end in like. Because I saw the poster like before, like like the movie. So it's just like, okay, at what point are we to get to the bloody machete pastor? You know, like that's what I'm waiting for. And it's like, all right, we're like an hour and fifteen minutes into this, we're not quite there yet. Still, it's like, well, when the fuck is it going to happen? Yeah, I, this is one of those movies. The first time I watched it, um, and I I did see a lot of the back and forth. I I mentally said to myself, it's like I wonder who directed this because it feels like two different people. Or at least somebody who was bipolar, manic, depressive, and couldn't decide on one thing from day to day. And then I found out that it was two different directors. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Because the whole movie does feel like two fairly passionate, fairly creative people fighting over what the movie should be. And when they got to the end of it, it was like, it ended up being so fucking blasé that it was like, well, good job, guys. <laughs> now... Earlier in the movie, when you have Ram Caddy and then the uh, the guy in the wheelchair, I don't remember his name, he's not super important, and he makes that phone call, and he's like, yeah, I got this, I got that. That was my uh, total fucking Scarface moment, where he's like, he's like, yeah, I got the money, and I got the yayo. It's like, <laughs> like, fucking really? I mean, that's all he would have had to say, and it would have been like, come on, don't, don't be so subtle with your rip-offs. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of like you too. I mean, if you look at the poster art for this movie, it's awesome. I mean, it like, it, I like they spent probably five to 8% of their budget on that poster. Cause it was, it's really good. But to your point, it does take for goddamn ever to get there. Um, and that's probably the part, the pacing of this movie in conjunction with the, it's funny because you have a movie that is seemingly very slow paced and a slow paced movie is usually doing what giving you story. Right. But this movie is also not doing that. So it's like, what the fuck are we doing in the meantime? And that's where we just have these hodgepodge of scenes and the best part of the movie, like you talk about the flashback with um, the detective, it's while it's a good scene, it's also one of those things that it could have been left out because the pacing was so fucking slow. Like it didn't really, it's like, it was, it was great in concept and as a small chunk, it's really good. But then you put it into this movie and it's like, what is it doing here? It doesn't, it's not adding anything. You know, it's not getting to the end of the movie. That detective played almost no role in anything. Like uh, the final outcome of the movie, it didn't fucking matter, which is, almost every character in this movie <laughs> just about <laughs> and it, you know you you get to the point when it's like we're we're entering the third act and it just goes it goes so over the top and it's just like fuck it we have no choice but to just embrace sheer chaos at this point in time and it's just like all right well where are we going it's like it's one of those scenes where it's like the detective has been he's he's been keeping busy you know he's been uh rounding up all of these criminals who uh, are on early parole, or, you know, they got off easy, you know, the justice system absolutely failed them, you know, they should have gotten the chair, so what are we gonna do? We're going to torture them, uh, we're going to brand them and give them numbers, uh, we're gonna dehumanize them because they are less than human, uh, because a lot of the people, like, he's targeting are basically, like, uh, rapists and murderers essentially oh they're shitbags uh, anyway. yeah yeah like, so they're less than like human so they all have they all have their their respective numbers in this case but it i i i actually liked the idea of just like pitting them all together and then seeing how the new blood integrates with the pack <laughs> you know because <laughs> you have that awesome moment when it's just like it's like okay let's just ring the bell motherfucker like let's see what happens and then of course you know they act like a fucking horde as they should uh just well try to just yeah, all dogpile it, you know well that's kind of how it comes out but that that, that kind of talks about your bookends of the movie where they first start out and then you know that uh, the two girls in the van and then, you know, the guy banging on the door and then they kind of come full circle on that whole thing. And 
I I did honestly love the people under the stairs vibe. I did really like that. I I, I had some fun with that. Um, but at the same time, it's like so you have this cop who's keeping all of these criminals chained up and numbering them for whatever reason. And I mean, again, if 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 the whatever reason is the murder of his wife, well, okay, the. The reason for the pastor is the murder of his daughter. So now we have a movie that effectively has two vigilante killers. And it's like, uh, like, okay, are we, to your point, are we going back to that same well too many times? Like, let's just keep, let's just keep fishing in the same fishing hole. We've been fishing in for 50 years and never caught a fish. And then one day, look, two fish. <laughs> nice. You know, I'm feeling good about that. It's, it, between the directing and then just the writing of that, like I don't, I don't get how somebody wrote that down and went, "That's perfect. That's exactly what we need for this scene." Is we're gonna discover that this cop who's out there and he's uh, kind of coming off as this, at least initially, as this sort of do-gooder, you know. And it's like, by the way, I've been catching these criminals that have been getting away. I've put numbers on them. I put them in this cage and I'm turning them into a giant fucking mob of sort of uh, zombie-esque, beaten-down, bedraggled creatures. Um, you know, I think it's a it's almost a movie trope at this point that we have seen in so many movies that if you take a person, whatever their moral compass might read, north, south, east, west, or straight to hell, and you cage them up for long enough, it's like they just become a feral animal. Mm. And that's kind of what you see at the end of this movie, where it's like, Things just go, I mean, like, all the way off the rails. But then, with all of that, we still have the fight between the pastor and Ram Caddy. And, I don't, you know, if you would have taken all of the rock star bullshit out of this, if you would have taken the detective thing out of this, this might have been something that could have like played itself off as a pretty good short film um and then if you would have taken all the rock star stuff they could have had a pretty kick-ass music video out of this um and then if you would have taken all the church stuff it could have been a pretty good sermon one sunday but they tried to take all those things and cram them together into one fucking box and the box just exploded at the end and what you have is the retaliators yeah, it's basically like uh, creating a casserole out of only leftovers. Yes. <laughs> just which like, is, we're just going to throw everything in there. Fuck it. Well, Don't want anything to go possible. to possible. It's possible, and if you're hungry enough, you will eat it. <laughs> but it's rare that I'm that hungry. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Uh, I'm trying to remember where, where my train of thought was going. Okay, so I, I thought... I thought the idea, you know, when we, when, when we, you know, when we get to the well, I, it, it seemed like the detective was given the opportunity for the parents of, you know, whoever got killed. Like, he was given the same opportunity to the passer that he did for other people before him with the other murders. Uh, in this case, but they don't really like go over that. But like that was definitely like the vibe that I was getting. So he wanted to see. It was kind of like a character study, I guess. You know, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm sure there were other people that would immediately, you know, just go straight for one of the tools and just go to town. But, you know, he did have his set of rules in regards to like what is allowed and what isn't allowed. You know, the primary thing being you're not allowed to kill him. So it's just like, how far are you actually willing to go? But, you know, it never got so far to the point where, like, he was going to murder him when he didn't really have a way to, for, like, even the killer to defend himself since, you know, he was, uh, you know, rigged up. Well, but that's that weird, that's that weird moral compass that they sort of show you mm -hmm. um, where it's like, OK, so I, as somebody who is supposed to be an upholder of the law is taking people that I... I mean, and let's be honest here. You can know somebody's a scumbag, but the way our system works, the scumbag has to do something before you can put the scumbag in jail, right? Mm -hmm. That's just... I mean, that's how it works. And so he was sort of preempting all of that. But 
alongside of preempting all of that, he still had this weird moral compass that came into play where it's like, this is the, what, this is the thing that you can't do. And it's like, the one thing for me, it was like, well, fucking why? Like, like what's, what's the point of drawing the line there? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to go through all this work, capture these people, number them, put them in cages, hold them captive, to what fucking end? I mean, what are you, are, are you trying to build a feral people army under, I mean, like, I don't, like, I, uh, one more thing that is unexplained that I just don't fucking get. It's like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring people to the well, because I got the same vibe that he probably had brought, like, other parents there, or other people that had been wronged by these other people, if you're gonna bring them there, why not give them the opportunity for the ultimate justice? Mm-hmm. Why stop short? If you're already breaking every fucking law in the book already, what the, what is, what's murdering the scumbag matter? But, Again, not explained because reasons. <laughs> you know why? Because fuck you. That's why. You know that's uh, that well, things just yeah, happen. We got we got to use the rubber logic. You know things just happen for you know no reason. Well, fair enough. And some <laughs> days, you, I mean, some days you're the bug, and some days you're the windshield. But it's like you show up to something like that, and the, the best you can get is smacked in the face by a rubber dick. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. <laughs> Like, I don't want to do that, you know? I want my satisfaction, and I don't want it in a bad way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so it just, it's like, why why have all that pomp and circumstance if you can't do the thing that, especially with, like, the pastor, mm-hmm. the thing that I would want is the ultimate satisfaction. And he's like, but you can't have it. It's like, so why the fuck did you bring me here? Let's just right. go somewhere else. You know, I just, no. Mm-mm. It's like it, it felt like okay, we're we're gonna have our horde in this well, and like really, their o- only purpose is for us to like let him free, so uh, we could see the pastor uh, fight these crazy lunatics on a motorcycle. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, I mean, which again is another one of those things that makes like a not a ton of sense, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. but. I mean, the whole well thing was always weird to me because it's like, what is your goal? I mean, what's the ultimate goal? Like, if you're... And I guess his goal was to keep these people alive. But again, to what end? I don't entirely know if he's not going to let the people that they wronged kill them, which is just ridiculous. But at the same time, it's like, the bottom of this thing was just like a dry cave with a bunch of cages and whatever else. And it's like, I mean... Let's be honest here. If you want a body to decompose, don't throw it in a dry well. You gotta throw it in a wet well. It's gonna decompose <laughs> a lot faster. Um, but I, I still, I still will never understand, and I still don't understand exactly what Jed's motivation was. As I, and maybe, maybe I'm playing the simpleton here, and I wanted that one explained to me. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you, you show me this room. And the first thing I think is, oh, people under the stairs. And it's like, these people are all innocent. And then I find out that they are the farthest thing from innocent. <laughs> and it's like, so what are we doing? Like, why, why, why are they still alive? Why don't you just and call it good? But, I mean, if his, if, if his goal or his role or whatever else was to try to bring people or families or whatever else some sort of validation for how they were feeling, like, I get that. But then he didn't even let him do it. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I he, He's building a circus or a Broadway theater show. I don't know what the fuck he was doing, but it's like it just didn't make any damn sense. Yeah, I mean, we might as well have uh, just, you know, had our own underground, uh, you know, exhibition here. You know, charge people an entrance and let them torture all these murderers, you know? Like, it's, it could be <laughs> a nice day freak gig, show. you know, right? You know, come on. Modern like, day freak show, hell yeah. You, you got to learn how to capitalize on the opportunities that you're given. Uh, here's our rapist, here's our identity <laughs> thief, and here's our uh, catalytic converter stealer, and here's... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I'm i just going to say it right now, Twisted Tuesday, folks, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just... <laughs> But it, <laughs> my favorite part though is like when we're done it's like alright Bob was that better or worse <laughs> yeah. than Santa draws yeah. and I don't think he said anything he I think he just was he like, we all answered like, for him yeah yeah he's just like uh, well and I would I would effectively call it worse and only because it did not have anywhere near the charm that Santa Jaws had yeah. but I mean 
you know, ultimately, this is one of those movies, and it's one of the rare ones where it's, as in a lone watch, it's pretty fucking bad. Mm. Um, as, like, an online watch when you're with some friends and you can make some comments, it's still pretty bad. <laughs> I think I think if you were in a room with your buddies and you were all drinking beer, this movie could be kind of fun. I think it could be. And and honestly, we've, we've already said it. It's mostly the music that makes it fun. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I'm still sorry. You can blame this one on me. I it, I, I, I thought I was like, <laughs> I'm going to fuck with Glenn a little bit. And then I realized I was fucking with <laughs> myself, too. So it, it took a lot of the fun out of it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you we do definitely get to the point, though, where it's like, okay, the violence is cranked up to 11 and, you know, the guitars are riffing. So, you know, you do have that point where it, it, it does click, but it's just it's just getting to that point. It's really the struggle uh, of this movie in, in particular. So it's just like, it's one of those scenes. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't rate it highly. I wouldn't say it was the worst scene I've watched, but it's just like... One of those things where it's like, all right, it's it's like compared to what we have in review, and it's just definitely on the lower end uh, uh, of the spectrum. But, you know, I I enjoyed the cameos. I enjoyed the music involved with this. Uh, But yes, it it did feel like it was just kind of like, all right, let's just let's round everyone up together since we can't really do anything else. No one's touring or anything like that. So uh, we need to do something. Well, I still did like the right at the end there as we're as we're working up to our final battle and we have the old guy hauling the christmas tree out and he he walks up to his and i don't even know why you would have this giant tree shredder inside a barn it like makes no sense at all um and he's he's trying to fire it up and he's like come on baby come on baby and then his wife shouts out take the ornaments off this time (laughs) something about that was like because I can see, like, being done with Christmas and just being like, okay, I fucking had it. Mm-hmm. And just burning the whole Christmas tree. Like, I can see it. I can see it. And he's just, just like, take the ornaments off. And he's like, Ugh. And he starts plucking the ornaments off. Um, and then, yeah, our big, our big fucking final battle. And there's a piece of me that, like, wants to break it down a little bit because it was kind of fun. And there's a piece of me that's just like, you know what? Let's, fuck it. Let's just be done with this shit. <laughs> um our wonderful pastor, he, he feeds our big bad bald guy, Ram Caddy, into the fucking tree shredder feet first. And it's another spot where they do, again, looking at the movie poster and it's just covered in red. Another scene that was just fucking covered in red. Um, and it was kind of nice to see our pastor come out of this. But... You know, at the same time, knowing that as he was walking away from it, his sack was substantially heavier than when he started the movie <laughs> because he finally got there. Um, I just, I don't know. I want to say I didn't enjoy that scene, but I sort of did enjoy mm-hmm. it at the same time. I was like, well, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, and anybody being fed into a tree shredder, you kind of got to like that. It's just fun. Just good, wholesome fun for the whole family. <laughs> Absolutely, and of course, with that, you know, you do get the uh, the theater blood spray. <laughs> well, of course, up yeah. Against, like, up against the barn wall. Oh yeah, with yeah. the with the the pump. And yep. Just... And and we oh, do yeah, we totally. we do also have the gradual build too because it is very smooth at the start, but you know, as we're getting further up the body, oh, you know, yeah. getting getting towards you know the rib area, that's when we're starting to uh, start to see the trunks coming in. So the chunks come in and then the thing eventually stalls yep. and but thank god our bad guy died after <clears throat> he was at the pelvis in a tree because <laughs> i'm thinking by the time he got to the calves i like i would have passed out i would have been done like no no more fight sorry gotta go yep absolutely uh so yeah one of those movies take it or leave it uh it is available i think we streamed it on prime um, if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. uh, so if you have Prime, free to watch, uh, go check it out if you want to, uh, you know, maybe have a few drinks before, you know, just, uh, hone Enjoy in, hone in on the music <laughs> and, the music. uh, try to patiently wait like an hour and 15 minutes before the third act starts and then, uh, you start to get some bloodshed or just some really weird shit that, uh, is kind of confusing, but you know what? It is what it is. 
Well, you know what? And maybe right now it's just poorly understood and in the long term it will become a classic and everyone will talk about it and revel in its glory. Yep. I mean, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, but you never know. <laughs> I, I will say that like when we were watching it, we, we were all kind of like thinking like, you know, we, we cut to like the strip club and we're all thinking like, oh, God, the pastor's like really, really hit hard times. But no, it's just it's just one of the gains. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but, but of course, you know, along with that, you know, we, we could not have any sort of strip club scene uh, without storing some coke off of a stripper's ass because it's it's there, you know, it's it's a way of life, you know. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, that's just that's just like Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's just what you do, you know. Yeah. Good times. Again, I I am sorry. I am sorry, Discord. I'm sorry, Twisted Tuesday. I'm sorry, Glenn. But like I said, what what started out as funny in my mind got really <laughs> unfunny when I realized we had to talk about it. So, um, yeah. So I won't make that mistake again. Well, if there's one thing I know for certain, it's that, uh, you know, it's the first time watch. I'm not going to say this was the best movie, but I could guarantee you the first time watch next week will be more entertaining. <laughs> It will be for me. So, I mean, and when we made our list this year, the hard part about making a Christmas horror movie list, and especially with um, Handle with Scare and being as established as it is, there's a point where you know you've talked about the greats, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so finding something that's going to be elevated is, I think, honestly, is pretty difficult. Um, so was the retaliators elevated? No, 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 sir. Um, at the same time, and on the apocalypse, I think super underrated, mm -hmm. really fucking good movie. Um, the mean one, way better than people give it yeah. credit for. Honestly, I, out of everything <laughs> that I've seen this year, I would say that was probably my biggest surprise. <laughs> Well, so and so there you go. So, um, and, you know, and we can watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. We can watch Black Christmas. We can watch all of the Christmas horror movies that we all know and all the ones that we do watch. But then it's like when you get to a place where you have to watch it and then talk about it because you have to have content for your show, that gets hard. So it's like with the Retaliators and yes, Bob and Wood, I know it's a loose Christmas movie. <laughs> I can recall at least three scenes where I saw a Christmas tree. Just shut up. I don't want to hear it. And they, they <laughs> okay. also played Silent Night. Uh, there we go. <laughs> See, right there. You know? Well, and at the very end of the movie, there was a Christmas tree going into the... There's Christmas trees everywhere. So both <laughs> of you, I'm going to say it again, eat it. And eat it hard. Um, but no, so, I mean, so finding something new to talk about that... Because people are... I mean, when it comes to horror podcasting in general mm -hmm. there are a million people that are doing it there's a million people that are saying the same thing but i think i honestly think that nobody talks about anna the apocalypse i i have not seen anyone else has talked about it nobody like literally nobody talks about the mean one and the mean one was so much fucking fun that it's ridiculous so i mean we've got from my mind two fucking heavy hitters that i knew about Santa Jaws? Okay. You know, is it a wonderful Academy Award winning movie? <laughs> Fuck no, dude. It's not. Is it fun to watch? Yes. Does it have characters that I like? Yes. Does it have a great family dynamic out of a horror movie? Come on. What the fuck? That's not supposed to happen. It had that too. And on top of everything, it's got a fucking shark wearing a Santa hat. I mean, if you can't get behind that, you are just, you're dead inside and you should like consider therapy because that movie was so fun. It was just ridiculous. My, my first watch, dude, I laughed through that movie. I laughed and laughed and laughed. And when I can look at what is in theory supposed to be a B, a B level horror movie on its best day and it gives me things to laugh at but it gives me a fairly compelling story. I still wonder why nobody cared that grandpa was dead, <laughs> but whatever, because I'm going to be a grandpa one day. And I'm like, I hope somebody cares if I die. Um, but I mean, it was, it was just so much goddamn fun. And we talked about this a, 
probably it maybe last episode maybe the one before where it's like sometimes you've got to have a horror movie that is fun mm-hmm. it's got to have murders it's got to have blood it's got but sometimes it's got to be fun and it's got to know exactly what it is and not take things too seriously santa jaws is exactly that and it's perfect in everything that it tried to do, it's perfect. The mean one is perfect in what it tried to do. And the apocalypse is perfect in what it tried to do. The retaliators is a piece of shit. You really probably don't really got to watch it if you don't want to, unless you like heavy metal. Um, so for our next one, I have no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from what you've told me, it's going to be good. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be better than the Retaliators. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but uh if uh if I can if I can bring like 2 out of 3 to the table for the month, not bad. All right. I'm winning. I'm <laughs> fucking winning. <laughs> so fuck it. I I I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, so uh, in case you guys did not see our release calendar, uh, we are wrapping up our Yuletide fear with Rare Exports A Christmas Tale, which came out in 2010. Uh, This is uh, Finnish horror. Uh, This guy also recently did uh, Sisu, uh, which I still need to watch. Um, oh yeah, which I've heard lot. absolutely fantastic things about. So oh, same too, same I'll, too. Yep, I'll, so I'll probably end up watching it after. We watch Rare Exports, I'm sure, so I'm sure I'll have that uh, fresh on my mind before our next recording uh, as well. But, you know, I've already said this, but, like, Rare Exports has definitely been one. Um, I, I heard about it from, like, when it was on the festival scene, uh, then, you know, eventually got stateside release. I caught it when it was on demand, and I just immediately fell in love with it, and it's been in my holiday rotation ever since, uh, since it came out, so... I'm I'm very excited that you know you you pick something that you haven't seen, uh, that I have that I know is gonna be a a, a nice bow on top to really wrap up the Christmas stuff this year because um, I I think out of all of like the you know we'll say releases in like the past like fifteen years, rare exports and a Christmas horror story are definitely like my top two. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, you know, it's kind of amazing. I've, I've been thinking about this more, and you and I have definitely talked. And as much as I love horror movies that are pure, unadulterated horror, mm-hmm. um, and maybe a little bit of fun sprinkled in, I think of, like, Terrifier 2. Terrifier 2 is a fucking bloodbath, right? And there's definitely some funny things in there, but it's not a horror comedy. It's a fucking horror movie. Um, I'm I'm liking more and more... And it, it, it makes me want to go back to, and this is going to fucking date the shit out of me, but that's okay. Going back to movies like Gremlins mm-hmm. and movies like Critters and movies like House, where it's a horror movie and it's it's perfectly fine with making you laugh as long as you know that you're still in a horror movie. Um, but it's, for lack of a better term, more on the light side. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think this time of year, and we've talked about it already, the Halloween hangover, I need that. I need those things where I can still get a little bit of horror, but I don't have to be testicle deep in blood the whole time. You know, it can be a little lighter, and that's fine. Um, I think we've done a reasonably good job at that so far for November. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into December where we talk about our tops for the year. Now, have you seen Birth Rebirth yet? Yes, I did watch that one. I talked a little bit uh, with you about it on Discord. Uh, okay, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm curious to get sort of in depth on that one. Um, now that it's on, I think it's on Shutter yes. is where it's on. Um, because that one is probably the movie of the year that like really, really struck me. Now, I know we've also talked about No One Will Save You, and that one is still really really good um i'm interested to see what we come up with the end of the year and i'm I'm curious to see what you know your end of the year sort of and i don't even want to call it necessarily top five or top Mm -hmm. ten or whatever else just like the fucking standouts yeah i'm just i i will say like i 
probably am not going to pick like my top two in regards to like overall rating, but definitely ones that stood out to me as like trying something different or just something that felt fresh or something that just caught me by surprise. But they'll definitely be probably ones within my top five, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Fair enough. Yeah, there's been a couple that I've caught lately. I caught. I caught a movie on Tubi. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. And oh. it was an Amityville movie. Wait, OK, hold on. And, hold on. and, and <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's not, probably not like a top five thing, but I really enjoyed it. Let's, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. So, on, I mean, a- it's, I'm like, I'm seeing which ones are on here. Let me <clears throat> pull up my. I will pull up my list so I can give. Well, because there's like there's there's so many. Like thousand. even if I just pick yeah. one, if I okay, let me let me just pick one at random and we'll see if it's the one. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm gonna roll one out immediately because uh, I've already seen it. There's a lot on here. You know, we've already been through this when we talked about uh, one of the Amityville movies and we were talking about like how many are in this franchise. Oh fuck. At the time, I think there was 41 iterations. Yeah, there was there the were so yeah. many of them, including um, in space. So, I mean, when you've gone to space, you know, you've jumped a fucking shark. Yeah, <sighs> I don't even know which one to pick because, you know, I look at these posters and I'm just like, oh, man. OK, just well, um, just just tell me. I'm, I'm curious. It was Amityville the curse. Amityville the curse. And that one I actually found entertaining. I, I was entertained. It was. Well, and here's the whole thing. So to call it that I was entertained, it was my score for it was over a five. Mm-hmm. OK. And for anything other than Amityville and maybe Amityville 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's not, you know, if uh, if I had to pick like best poster for what's on here, Amityville Death Toilet. <laughs> that's uh, that's a pretty good one. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that existed, but now I'm going to go watch it because I didn't know that there was a movie called Death Toilet. Um, yeah, one, one of these days I'll, I'll have to uh, go watch Amityville Vibrator 2 uh, since, you know, that's, okay. that's that was also. <laughs> well, I, want, I wonder what that's going to be about. Um, well, hopefully somebody combines that in the Death Toilet. We can get Amityville the Vibrating Toilet and then we'll be all set. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's, anyway, there's still time. <laughs> That one, um, honestly, was kind of a pleasant surprise for what they... Because I've tried to catch... Because since we talked about it, I've been trying to catch a few of them here and there, and most mm-hmm. of them are, well, not good. Um, let's just call a spade a spade here. But that one was, like I said, over a five for a score. So it was like, wow. Like, I I, I enjoyed that. And yeah. I didn't think that that was a thing that happened with Andy the movies. <laughs> but, you know, hey, that's okay. Well, that's good. Uh, so, like, it really entices you to go watch more. And then, you know, you're going to probably regret it the next time you watch one. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, oh, that's what I expected. And then it just resets. Well, it, it boils down to being um, uh, expectations. Mm-hmm. And just, you know what? If you have low expectations, you can't be disappointed. Um, so every day that I walk out the front door of my house and I get my car and I go to my job, I have low expectations. And if it's anything above that, hey, it was a good day. All right on. Uh, so with that, just a reminder, we will be streaming Rare Exports this Tuesday for Twisted Tuesday. So be sure to join us at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time over kick.com forward slash tumbly drunk. And uh, should be a good time. Again, one of my personal favorites during the holidays and uh you know gonna be your first time watch so i cannot wait to talk about it uh next wednesday then of course throughout december we will be highlighting some of our favorites uh from 2023 which is not gonna be something we've already talked about uh at least like fully reviewed on the podcast because you know we're not just gonna just do another you know no one will save you episode because that would just kind of be silly at that point uh, no, there'll be there'll be honorable mentions, but I think we'll I think we'll focus on we'll focus on a, a select and tight few, definitely. Yeah, so I, I figure um, maybe like that last week we'll talk about like some of our others that we have in like our top five, top ten. Um, oh, just do like a spit 
Like a spitball session? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like towards the end of that. Because yeah. I know you and I, obviously we've consumed so much content. And uh, I know I got stuff that you haven't seen, which one of them I am for sure going to pick as one of mine, even though it doesn't have two. Like there are horror elements to it, but it's definitely more of a mystery thriller for lack of a better term but it was like one of my earliest watches of the year at that so the fact that i'm gonna include something that i saw in january should speak volumes <laughs> so. oh well hell well hell yes do i have this i i guess that do i have it on my list yet uh I, probably not i'll link you the imdb okay sounds good yeah let's not spoil it now yeah yeah, I suppose. And yeah, honestly, beyond that, to all of our wonderful listeners, happy Thanksgiving, if that is something that you celebrate. M and Jess, I will be happy to be your wishbone. You can snap <laughs> me however you would prefer. Um, And to everybody else, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Absolutely. Join us for Rare Exports and uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll see you next week.